This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hey, this is Jesse. And I'm Scott. Uh, today we've got an interview with Bill Holweg from Broken Sea Audio Productions. Well, Bill, um, you, you're, I, I can't say you run Broken Sea. I don't think anybody runs Broken Sea, do they? No, we have kind of a collective consciousness. <laughs> yeah, so how did that happen exactly? Uh, well, I found audio drama, I guess, I don't know, three or four years ago at Darker Projects by sheer accident looking for Doctor Who after having not watched the show since I was a kid and got interested and then ended up meeting through that, you know, by email and stuff like that, mixing a few things for them and getting killed by Mark Kalita and God knows how many different productions. Um, getting to know both of them and then Paul, they've got a very cool website, but they're kind of, you know, everything's got to have that dark edge to it and we just want, wanted to do a few things that didn't really fit in the mold, so Paul and I and Mark and soon Dave Sokoliak just kind of went, you know, we got to just start our own, just do anything. <laughs> and that's the genesis of Broken Sea, I guess. So and where did, the, where did the title come from? I can't remember. Um, Paul and I have this idea that I've been procrastinating on drawing, but he's got this idea for a fantasy barbaric kind of tale. And I, I've gotten two or three pages of it drawn, but he wanted to do an audio drama and yeah, he's going to kill me because I can't remember the title of it. But anyway, <laughs> in, in, in this barbaric tale, there's this icy waste where a huge battle takes place, and they call it the Broken Sea. And on this icy waste, you know, think Conan and all the rest of Howard's kind of mythos thrown in with, you know, evil sorcery and strange beings, and they hold this huge, you know, world-shattering battle on, on this icy plain. And that's, Paul's like, wait, I call it Broken Sea. And it's like, oh, that's cool. It is It is a pretty distinctive name. I, I think that that actually sounds pretty good. Um, now, you've, I'm just looking at the Broken Sea site, and there's uh, maybe two dozen or close to two dozen different offerings, as you're calling them. Um, and I've listened to maybe six or seven. Um, but what's your involvement with all of these? Obviously, you're not running or you're not writing all of them. Um, uh, well, we, we each have our own, like, likes and dislikes or whatever so we paul and i first started when we first started this he, i think mark bruzzi at darker projects introduced us and they all to write something together mm-hmm. and so after about a week of going hey what do you want to write you know what do you want to write sound like we were you know two cheerleaders in high school or something uh-huh. <laughs> it's like for sure man Anyway, I, wrote, <laughs> I, I just sent him this note. Not, mind you, I hadn't seen the Scorpion King yet when I did it. And, and it was like, you know, I just have this idea in my head of a guy buried up to his neck, you know, say circa the 1800s sometime, a gunslinger or something, with ants starting to crawl towards his face. And that's my idea. <laughs> and Paul came up with, you know, I don't know if you've listened to our Goosey tale, but it's just kind of an anthology that is tied together by the very end. But it's all these different things and paul wrote this little story about this guy this cowboy guy and a guy wanders up to him and ends up you know being offered up to goose for water and he takes his head <laughs> and then i and so i sent a, a rebuttal scene 
that involved a dead rock star that had been brought back to life, and he tried to top that, and we ended up just topping each other with stuff that was not connected at all, and managed to connect it with Ulysses at the very end, which was the genesis of that. <laughs> right. I, I think I, I think I heard it way back when it came out. I guess that was last year, a year before. Yeah. And anyway, that that's where all that started. But to get back to your question, I my very first audio drama that I released because I've got one other one I did just with my family, a Doctor Who thing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. I got my kiddos in it. It's the first time they'd voice acted, and they've been in tons of stuff of mine now. Or my grandkiddos, I should say, Draven and Kyra, and my wife Gina, and we just had a ball with me playing the Doctor with a horrific British accent. <laughs> And it was like, I, you know, I sat down and I was going to try to learn audacity. Well, after about a week of me piddling around, I just decided, no, I need a script. <laughs> I don't know that many voice actors, and I was afraid to ask anybody, so I just sat down and wrote a 40-page script for no real reason, and I played all the, do- well, I grabbed sound bites for Daleks, and I played a bunch of aliens, and I played the doctor with my horrific British accent. You're making it sound really terrible, by the way. <laughs> well, it came out fun. I mean, other than my doctor part, when he says I need to get Mark Kalita to <laughs> give a credible doctor or something. Well, here's the thing, though. I, 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 I was sort of saving this question for you because um, I haven't really talked to any people who actually do audio drama about this question, but I think I've, I've offered this idea to Scott before. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is that um, people do uh, amateur audio drama. They do it like they do um, amateur sports. They do mm-hmm. it because it's fun, not because um, necessarily they think they're going to have a lot of people in the audience cheering them on. Oh, exactly. What do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, 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 Mark and I have, Kalita and I have talked about this on the phone a couple times. It's like you know, what, why are you? Because he's more or less the voice of audio drama these days. Sure. And I'm not, I mean, he's a fantastic actor and a good friend of mine. And it, he, he still is confused how he basically ended up with that mantle. But, you know, you, you know it's a good production when you're marking it because he's so fantastic, I guess is how it happened. But anyway, um, and we, I mean, he, he's like, I, I like, I'm not really sure why, but it's like a creative outlet, you know? Mm-hmm. And even though now we're getting, you know, lots of downloads and all that, it's, I mean, like this morning, I got up at three in the morning because I didn't see the time change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've been going through Stevie Farnaby, who plays Conan in my Conan tale, and just going through and having a ball for three hours, you know, picking out the right takes and all that and throwing little sword shings and all the rest of that cool stuff. Because I, I find I, I have a 25, 30 minute commute to work both to and from. I listen to stuff. I mean, I make it so I can listen to it first and foremost because I want to hear Conan, and nobody else is making Conan audio dramas. Well, I got to tell you, um, however, however rough you started off, um, I think, uh, like I, I'm a big Conan fan, and when I first heard the first chapter, I was thinking this guy's voice is not right. Mm -hmm. Something there's. I was nitpicking here and there, but um, I'm on episode six. I guess I just finished listening to episode six. There's one more to go for. for the Queen of the Black Coast, and I'm th- I'm thinking this is really awesome. There's there's actually no um, I, all the all the nicks I'm pitting, uh, picks I'm knitting. I don't know. All the problems I have are problems that really are unavoidable. Uh, things that are um, like the fact that you don't have a lot of people voicing um, the crew of of the ship. Um, you know, maybe there's 
two or three voices at most, and they sort of all sound the same. Um, yeah, well, a lot of them are actually have... me. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, the mix is excellent. Uh, I think your editing skills have gone way up. Well, thank or you. at least you're bringing your A game to the Conan. <laughs> uh, I'm forever experimenting, and one day I'll actually feel like I know what I'm doing. But it's, it's. Uh, I've always. I mean, since I was a kid, my dad gave me a Conan book, and I bought the comic books. And I loved Arnold in the first movie, the second movie not so much. And you know, Dark Horse has a fantastic run of comics these days too. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, something about Howard's works just is spoken to me from a kid. I mean, when I draw, I usually draw, because I, I love drawing comic art, and I'm a graphic artist by trade, but I'll first thing I start drawing when I start doodling is, you know, a Conan-type character battling some large beastie or something, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, all, all the, I mean, we don't get paid a nickel. Any donations we get, we throw in to, you know, pay for the bandwidth. I mean... <laughs> And that's cool, too. I mean, we've talked about, you know, wouldn't it be cool someday to you know, actually do this for... And it's like, yeah, it would, but I'm not going to sit around and hold my breath and put my mortgage on hold to wait for the BBC to give me a call or something, or Big Finish or whoever, you know. You've got you to gotta remember that, you know, most people don't even know what audio drama is. They no, have no exactly. clue. So the chances of you becoming a... Um, major player when there's like two two people doing it for a living in uh in, actually in, in the world <laughs> yeah doing it full-time in the world um it i think slim to know, no I, you think, know. I think you know you got to regulate it to a hobby just like running a website or mm-hmm. uh, or playing playing softball oh exactly you know i mean i played basketball in high school and found being six four and wanting to be a, a center in the nba don't doesn't really add up for no no <laughs> And my vertical's not quite, you know, 70 inches or whatever the going rate sure. these days. Sure. And even if you did do that, you wouldn't have much of a, uh, you know, lengthy career. So what are you going to be doing after, right? No, exactly. But God, I'd even pay to be like an official in the NFL, but that's another story. <laughs> right. So um, what what other projects are on the go? I, I, I keep hearing um, uh, trailers, I guess, for upcoming shows and I, I hear the people voices in there and I'm saying, hey, I think I know who that is. And um, So I heard a Battlestar Galactica like a retro Battlestar Galactica trailer. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of both. They're, they're almost like they might as well call them two different shows. I think you're right. Yeah, and they're both fantastic. I mean, is the original a little cheesy? Yeah, but it's fun, you know. It's just good, good old Star Wars-y fun, you know. And there's not a lot of darkness to it, and the new one's about as black as it gets, and it's cool for that reason, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, the, as soon as they finish Conan, mixing Conan stuff and ho- ho- the final episode of Queen of the Black Coast, hopefully by the end of this week, I'm going to start mixing our little six-episode miniseries that I came up with and wrote and all that, and mm-hmm. have all the lines, and I've been planning on mixing for a year now. <laughs> A six-episode miniseries of Battlestar? Mm-hmm, the original series. Mm-hmm, okay, because uh, where, where did those voices come from? Was that just done for the trailer? Yeah, well, I've, I've, had, I've had, I don't know, two-thirds, three-fourths of the lines in for a year. Oh, really? Okay. And I sat down one day taking a break from, I don't know, mixing probably Planet of the Apes or what, whatever it was I was mixing at the time. 
and decided to throw a trailer together just because I wanted to see what it sounded like. Cause I, much as I love Conan and all the rest of it, it seems like everything I mix from Planet of the Apes to Grog to anything else is all set in these worlds that have almost zero technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a huge sci-fi buff, too, and plus... I've been wanting to play with the buttons, the doors, <laughs> the servos, the photons, you know. I want to throw something into hyperspace. <laughs> well, I, you know, I quite like the, the sound the sound effects were right out of the old show, so I think I think if you keep up that, that level it'll be a, a a nice a nice retro feel. Oh it, that's what I'm going for. I mean I you know, make make it like the original series and have some fun. Oh, it's like anything else, man. Well, we did all those audio books that are up on our site now. Uh-huh. And we got some guy who's been in the radio business for 30 years. I don't know what else he does, but he emailed and said, I was in, I've heard lots of good things about Broken Sea, enjoyed a few of your productions, but you really should have paid closer attention because this isn't brain surgery. <laughs> but I don't know. He'd listen, tried to listen to three or four uh, of the, the audio books, and the retakes were still in there, and... <laughs> You know, I mean, Paul decided he wanted to have a hundred audio books up or something like that, and he was going to take care of the whole thing himself. And it's just an overwhelming task. So Taylor Kent, the Snark Waters podcast, you know, did some and helped us find some people. But you know, some stuff slips through the cracks. <laughs> it was kind. Of, it was a sobering email. <laughs> mm. So uh, we we heard about a couple of. Um couple of uh your shows that you you did like um the uh, planet of the apes what what else what else have you been directly involved in of the broken sea stuff ulysses i mixed and wrote the first i don't know seven or eight episodes i helped write gusu um i've wrote and mixed and acted in planet of the apes and the grog and griffin is my original fantasy one that wrote you know Mixed in the whole nine yards, played a few characters or more. That's the uh, one set in the tavern, right? Yes. And, of course, Conan now and next Battlestar Galactica. And I've, for some reason, the other day, got the wild hair and I haven't even told our Broken Sea group about this. But I sat down and wrote a, I don't know, just a random thought I asked. A buddy of mine, if he had the theme to Kolshak, the Night Stalker, Kolshak. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, and he sent it to me. And I emailed another buddy of mine, Brian of Seraphic Pan- Pan- Panopoly, who's a, a wonderful musician. We, That's the music like, going in, right? Some of, yeah, he, he's the one that helped compose the theme to it. And he, he reworked it into, like, um, uh, reworked the theme, basically, so we could have an original redone version. And I sat down and wrote it you know, 15-page script or something that we're at least going to make a mini-series out of them, probably not released till next year, but I don't know. I sat down last night and watched like three hours of, on a beat-up videotape I have of, you know, <laughs> Carl Kolchak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've got we've, I've got some other ideas for, you know, original stuff and all that. Paul right now is finishing up an original tale of Mad Max for November. Just yeah, I thought that trailer sounded really interesting. Oh, uh, I, I like that it's an original rather than a remake because mm-hmm. I've seen the I've seen the original Mad Max movies, you know, dozens of times. So uh, I'm glad to have another adventure. Although I, he's Kiwi, though, right? So I guess Max has got a boat and gone over to it. 
Get a new <laughs> accent. Yeah, well, you know, well, I, I don't think Paul's playing. I think you got somebody else to play him. But yeah, Paul's Paul thinks, and I forget what he's going to kill me again. I forget what they call him, but down there, Mad Max is like tantamount to I don't know Star Wars or something. In, yeah, in the sure. States. Sure. And they they would all you know wanted to get the Charger car, and they had clubs. They had some name for the groups as high school kids. Oh yeah. Which I just thought that was an interesting side note to that whole movie series. Well, there's a huge, huge uh, subculture of people who buy the cars and do them up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. So are you going to be involved in voicing any of that, or is it all going to be local uh, recorded? Uh, Paul cast it out all over the place. I think there, was, there were some friends of his down there that did it, and we've got, I don't know, 150 people in our group. That, I, I got to say, you've got a voice who could do a, a really good Mad Max villain. So that that would be fun. I, I enjoy getting killed. <laughs> well, yeah, but you'd have to be like one of the you know the bad bossy guys rather than. Oh the, yeah, yeah. The, we're right on the really funky cars and shoot crossbows tied to shotguns, which I just think would be cool. But, there you, know. you go. That sounds good. <laughs> it's it's the simple things in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, in a way, it's like. Um, it is. It's like uh, it's kind of like role playing, right? It's like a role playing game. More or less, yeah. It's like Dungeons and Dragons on a broader scale, but you can go back and listen to it with sound effects. And, and it's yeah, it's scripted. And I mean, I, I noticed there is a new trend to record um, role playing games um, as they're playing, and I'm thinking, who who's going to enjoy these, right? Like, uh, I want if I want to listen to somebody play, I want to be in the game. Well, exactly, right? you know. But uh, I, I think I think there is a point after which you know, like that the the recording becomes so um, skilled, or the writing is 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 uh, is so iconic. Um, you know, th- thinking like Queen of the Black Coast is it, you don't have to do any of the work coming up with a great story. What you no. have to do is adapt a great story because you've got a great story to start with. Yeah, and. And if you like the story, which I do, and I know you're a fan too, oh, big fan. You, you don't want to, you know, let everybody down. And well, I think I told you in email. Stevie, who plays Conan, the other day emailed me and said it's been this huge honor, which is odd because I'm sitting here in my bathrobe, you know, <laughs> mixing Conan at three in the morning, and I've got Stevie over in the UK, you know, all, all you know, just pleased as punch to be be a part of it. And he said he'd ri- literally, I think, on the episode seven, he ripped it, ripped his throat up to the point it was bleeding. Nice. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, and everyone's just been all excited about doing it and having fun with it, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I gotta say, I I was like listening to the episode six yesterday. And I'm thinking, I really don't want this to end. So I'm thinking, what, which, what would be a nice project I can sell Bill on? And I was thinking, what about um, the Frost Giant's daughter? That's a nice short story. Um, could probably be easily adapted. Doesn't require more than four or five actors. You know, could only run two shows or three shows, and then, then maybe you'd get the bu- the bug and have to do another one. No, <laughs> I've got the bug. <laughs> that, that's one of the ones I've been considering. And the jewels of... I, well, I if I say Guahula or Guahala or however you pronounce it, I need to... Well, you're going to have to find that out, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I usually consult Mark Kaladix. He corrects me on all my old world English faux pas that I make in 
proper pronunciation. A lot easier to read than try to say. <laughs> and Paul Mattering, who of course lives in New Zealand, accuses me of using the English language as if it were a second language, but that's my Texas <laughs> drawl. <laughs> sure. That's cool. Hey, have you had a chance to listen to any of our Jake Sampson stuff? Oh, sure. Actually, I, I really... Um... I really enjoyed the first the first um, series. It was called uh, the Hyborian Gate, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Um, uh, it, it's it's pacing is not what I would like it to be. The pacing is a little too drawn out, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's because it's a serial, and it sort of feels like the old fashioned movie serials. You know, um, let's let's get that cliffhanger right at the end, and then in the middle, there's a little yeah, bit. there's a certain yeah a certain recipe or whatever yeah. And, uh, I mean, for the number of... Uh, there's a lot of characters, which I think also makes it... You know, everybody's got to get their, their lines in. But it's... Um, I like the idea. I like it quite a lot. It, it, I listened to um, uh, that... The first series, I think... Is the second series finished? I think it is. Yeah, there's actually a third one out now, too. Okay. The second one was the Temple of Ra, which was a mummy thing. Right. One, you know? And there's the Amazon one? Is that the that, Yeah, the, one? The, the River of Woe. Yeah, and that one right. just finished. And the fourth one, Dave's mixing right now, Dave Sokoyak, mm-hmm. our web god, my buddy. But uh, it's called Death Stalkers, and it's about vampires and there's some dark places in Jake's past and whatnot. <laughs> it's kind of, it's like an Indiana Jones style series with more, exactly. more uh, characters, but I've been watching this uh, TV show called uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey. And oh, it, I watched that years ago. Love that show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very fun. I wish that show had lasted a little longer because uh, I think I'm on the last episode now and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of like that, except that show sort of stays in one place. Where, it, but it's got a whole bunch of characters, and they fly around and, uh, you know, solve problems. Well, Not no, that many think, monsters. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to have monsters sometimes. But yeah, no, like I monkeys enjoy and yeah. apes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, wasn't that the one with Roddy McDowell? Because there were two. Yeah, of them. yeah. Uh, well, played, they, uh, Frenchman. <laughs> The, the actual genesis of Jake Sampson was that I'd found in, I don't remember where it was, but if, have you ever listened to Temple of the Vampire? No, I haven't. old 40s or 50s, it's two guys flying in a plane, or three, and there's a girl, and they find a little kid stowed away, and they have to land because they're running out of fuel over South America, end up finding this temp, Inca temple. <laughs> And it, it's all it, it's all that kind of fifties adventure cheese just on display. You know? Sounds it was good. Yeah, you know, it's. I'll, I'll send you the episodes. I don't know where I got them from, uh, got, oh, but there it was, it was like twenty episodes long and just a fantastic, fun romp. And I kept emailing them to everybody. And finally, Paul listened to him. I was like, "This is cool. We got to do something." And Mark Kalita came up. You know, where to do something like Bill's from Texas and all, you know, da da da. Just one thing led to another. Next thing, mm-hmm. Mark and Paul had written the first one and wrote Robert E. Howard into the story. Yeah, I thought that that was a um, a very nice um, something to hang on to while we get introduced to the series. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I, I just thought it was was really neat when, when I saw it and, and we did it and all that kind of stuff. And then it seemed like very soon after that, I saw your thing about. <laughs> reading an audio book and winning a CD, and it was like, oh, 
there's Conan stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I didn't know about Gutenberg, and I wasn't even attempted a Conan story until I saw your thing. So I have you to thank for all the fun I've had and all the trouble I've got. <laughs> well, I uh, sorry to put you into these long hours, uh, but I, I I think I benefited quite a lot from your uh, your finding it. Oh, I had them all. <laughs> I mean, that that was just cool. And I've been trying to keep up with all the ones that get sent in and whatnot. And Mark yeah, later, of course, kind of projects. It's it's a uh, it's and, and I'm like just looking at the list of things, and I, I haven't heard of maybe five or six of them, but um, I'm like. I lo- I kind of like the um, adaptations, and I like the original stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I can't say like I I like the uh, like Johnny Quest. I never saw the show, so listening to the audio drama doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Planet of the Apes I've seen, and I I like I like what they what you guys did there. Um, I, I think it is uh, it's rather drawn out, which I think um, is. I, I don't know how that happens, it, but it, it must be, um, it, it, it's because you're expanding upon it, I guess, with scenes. Well, that and that, and I approached it as if I were Peter Jackson. Ah, <laughs> the giant, you know, I, hour I, long I'm, Yeah, if, if I'm going to dabble, I'm going to dabble for <laughs> But yeah, some of our adaptions we've talked to, we were, well, like Stevie Farnaby right now is, just finished mixing episode one, working on episode two of Escape from New York. Right. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And episode one is really cool. But one of the reasons, some of these we wanted to do like an adaption of the movie and then go on with further tales, you know. Because I think one reason for fanfic, at least in my, in my opinion, is that whoever was making the canon series quit making it. And it's got fans out here. And if you really pay attention to detail, you, you can at least, I don't know, bring some of the feel back and, you know, see what would have happened with these, these you know, I don't know, whether it's Galactic or some of the other ones, and, you know, go on with it. Because, I mean, myself, if they, I wish they'd kept on with the original BSG, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you know about all the projects that are going going on right now? Like, or, Beta Flight. I just visited the website and said, what? Beta Flight? Isn't that the, from, uh, that's that's the Marvel name of comics. this? Yeah, from <laughs> Alpha Flight. Yeah, actually it's not. It's, well, if you haven't listened, have you listened to Feedback? You know about I, I listened to Feedback when it first came out. Okay. Well, then, then you know, it's about the guy who got it. It's early for me, but who won, who wants to be a superhero, and he's actually right. in it. Yeah. And there, there's a fan forum or whatever of the actors and whoever likes feedback and they're very vocal and have a big old cool time and I I don't know exactly how it all came about but they decided to make a secondary group based around the feedback universe. Holy cow. So that's what that is and they're in, I like Beta Flight it's a cool show just like feedback is but there, there's a whole ton of characters, and I, I love mass characters. Of course, you got to keep a stat sheet, much like Grog and Griffin, to keep up with them all. But I, I think it's a lot of fun. Makes you pay attention, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're editing it, right? Well, <laughs> you well, yeah, <laughs> adds hours to your life, or takes takes them away. Perhaps I don't know which. Okay, okay. What about Body Slam Alley? I think I think this is 
got to be the weirdest idea for a uh, of all, audio that, drama. W- that was come up that whole idea, and I love that show. I finally got to. Well, I'm, I'm in it in two different roles. I, but I play Darkman in there, the wrestler, who does nothing but grunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I get these little cues in there. Grunt like you're happy. Grunt like you're mad, you know. <laughs> Do a long grunt here. And basically I send them off. But anyway, Damaris Mannering, Paul's wife, and her friend Amanda Fitzwater, who's voiced a lot of stuff for us, too, a ton of stuff. She, Amanda, I think Damaris is, too. They're big wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. So they came up with the whole concept, and it's all... It's been all. It was mixed by MJ Cogburn. It's written by Damaris and Amanda. I mean, it's all run by, you know, or, or I don't know, by the girls. You know, <laughs> so the guys get to come in, but they have to be, you know, directed in whatever they want us to do, and it's just hilarious. And Mark Kaleda, I forget the name of his character, but he he like dresses in a chicken outfit and ends up, you know, going to the squared circle. It's such a strange, like, because I mean, wrestling's so visual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I, yeah, it's it's just, uh, like, I didn't see that. I, I I almost never see what what's coming out coming out of like it comes out of left field. It comes out of you know an nth dimension. You can't even tell when, when there's a new broken sea product. It could be almost anything. Well, we have a variety of taste. I mean, the interesting thing about the BSA thing, you know, Body Slam Alley is a lot of it just back back scene, you know, hilarity, mm-hmm. you know, interviews and you know how they're trying to you know get the new show going and there's an irritated journalist that gets pissed off at the owner and they're, they're both female and they got to deal with all the egos and it's it, it's just a romp. <laughs> sounds it, sounds it. Now, uh, what about uh, broken scenes? That's just. Um... It's it's more of an anthology of uh, oh, comedic shorts and things, mm-hmm. yep. and a little. And I can't for the life of me remember how it came about, but that's kind of an anthology kind of thing, just short stuff that we like to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if you've listened to Sounding Board. That's yeah. Well, for those that haven't, we just oddly enough, decided that what, what would happen if one of us won the Nigerian lottery? <laughs> <laughs> and so Paul and Mark Kaleda have been writing most of the scripts, and it's just, you know, these, and also, what if when we won the Nigerian lottery, we bought a broken sea building and did this for real, yet the characters we were using were also real? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, all it's it's a it's a flight of fancy in every respect, right? Yeah, it's just over the top. I mean, it's kind of like our ice pick award we gave away this past year, which people were a little confused about because somebody had listened to one of our shows and said listening to this audio drama was like having an ice pick jammed into your ear repeatedly. Yep, yep. And, I saw and, that. Yeah, I, th- I think Paul framed that email. <laughs> Uh, you've got you've got several Doctor Who series. Is that is that correct? Well, it, it's one ongoing series, but they all each arc has its own Doctor. Name. Well, no, it, it's all the same Doctor Mark Kalita, but it's like a new story arc starts. They're on, they're in order, but you got to follow them because there's Stephen Cohen who writes it is a brilliant writer, and they all kind of you know, take place within the same timeline or whatever. Okay. If that makes any kind of sense. Well, uh, you know, 
as long as Doctor Who makes sense in a way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Electric Grasshopper. And that was Stevie Farnaby who voices Conan, and he's a musician and actually went to college to become a, uh, for lack of a better term, a post-producer for music, and that's his own music. He plays the drums fantastically, and there's all sorts of really cool musicians over there in the UK. Mm-hmm. And he just decided that he was going to make up a sci-fi story, but tell it all through music. Yeah, I think I've had some contact uh, by email from him, and um, I'm the one person in the world who doesn't understand or like music, so uh, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't quite work for me. But, oh, it's okay. Um, yeah, that's my problem. Uh, uh, feedback. Um, this is uh, this is what's really strange for me is I realized after that it, there was some connection to the outside. I thought it was just a new show, mm-hmm. right? I just thought it was a new. Uh, Broken Sea show, but it actually is related to a television series you were saying. Yeah, the um, Who Wants to Be a Superhero television series on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh-huh. and they have a group of people go on there and all, you know, tell Stanley what their superpower is and basically do a survivor kind of deal to see who's the ultimate superhero, and they win money and get a comic book series. Or I don't, I think they're Dark Horse, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I, 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 it makes me think of um, uh, that that movie with uh, uh, Mr. Furious, played by Ben Stiller. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, it's his superpower. He gets really mad. <laughs> the Invisible Boy, who can only be invisible when he's naked and nobody's looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, why not? Yeah, well, we already heck? talked about Gusu. What, what about Green Pond? That was written because Paul's, oh well, my, my grandkiddos who were raising have been in like the Grog and Griff, and they've been in an episode or two of Planet of the Apes and a variety of other things. And then Paul's got a niece and nephew, or, yeah, niece and nephew, Ian and Neve. And my grandkiddos are driving in Kyra, and they were all into audio dramas. And so he wrote this kind of, it's almost like the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. Basically, and we got Gareth Preston of Westlake Films, who's a fantastic actor and good friend over in England, to voice the good-natured wizard. And I was asked to play the talking, goofy Mister Ed Horse, <laughs> and it's just a you know a little kid romp. Yeah, I uh, I had to listen to it, and I was thinking, yep, this is another broken sea. I don't understand. <laughs> um, you've got you've got. It's two years of Halloween shows, and the Halloween shows are a lot of uh, uh, readings, like audiobook style, and mm-hmm. some and some um, uh, audio drama. What, what's uh, what are some of the highlights you could you could talk about? There's so many of them, it's like 60, 60 different things or something. Oh, and tell me about it. Well, I, I, I... I love nineteen Nocturne Boulevard stuff. Right, they contacted us out of the blue, and that's just. It, it's it's Halloween shows that I can let the kids listen to. You know what I mean? Right. Because much, much like TV, I you know, view it first, and it was just like I don't know. It, it's it's got a little scare to it, but it's not going to go over the edge and turn into a bloody mess or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. It's very well written, very well mixed, and it's just you know a lot of fun. Um. God, now you 
put me on it. Uh, oh, you oh, don't okay. have an internet in front of you, so you're going all through your brain. So yeah, exactly, and that that's a scary <laughs> cobwebbed place. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, Paul wrote an original story last year that we put out called "The Hunt" that I just thought was fantastic. With Mark Clayton, it's kind of a dark werewolf story that's written, you know, in Victorian times or so. I mean, it's, you know, very well, a very well written and cool dark tale. And the other one I really dug, which we re- replayed recently, was Robot Master versus the Mon- Oh God. The monkey master versus the robot with the human brain, which is just a, <laughs> which Paul wrote, and I love the title. And I the other day I was like, dude, we we got to do another one, you know, write another one, something with octopoids. <laughs> <laughs> just because I'd watched, you know, yet another Godzilla film with a real octopus stuck in there for no real reason, attacking a ship. But <laughs> right. And so a- anyway, it's a B grade, you know sci-fi tale like you, you would see any of those black and white movies like The Crabs that ate New York or you know Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and all these films that I love and Paul just encompassed it all and, and it, I mean if you like schlocky B-grade 50s era sci-fi you know this tale's for you <laughs> <laughs> got it now the hooligan audiobooks is this is the category you put in uh, the um the SF Audio SFF Audio Challenge titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anything else in there besides? Uh... There's the Eustace Diamonds. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of y'all's. It's apparently has no. It's not. Alexa Chipman from Imagination Lane, who's a fantastic writer and um, mixer and actress and all that kind of stuff. I started doing that one if, if I'm my memory search or like I said as you know I don't have the internet in front of me right um, and it's I don't know we're on chapter you know 572 right now but it's a fantastic read and it's it's cool that somebody's you know, that driven to, to bring something to light mm-hmm. and she's also got another one that I recommend highly called Saxonbach which is a she's a historic got a degree in history I think and mm-hmm has translated an ancient Saxon battle, more or less, or something. I mean, I don't know enough about the actual thing, but I was asked to play a part in it, and I finally got to listen to it the other day, and it was just, this is cool, you know? Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um, we've got, uh, we've talked about uh, Jake Sampson, mentioned uh, Johnny Quest, <laughs> Logan's Run. That that was well. Paul wrote it, but it was like me and Paul are both fans of the movie, huge fans. I mean, sure. And I, it's like most of our productions boils down to who want. I've got a twenty minute commute to and from work, or twenty five, and most of us do. And who wants to listen to <laughs> something like that? And so Paul wrote this fantastic script, expanded a, a little bit, and Mark yeah, yeah. To, plays the old man Peter Houston off to a T in it. <laughs> I mean, he just became Peter Eustonoff. I don't know how he did it, but it, I love him, and I just think it's a fantastic story, and it's been very well done. The first episode is just this mind trip, you know, when you first come come into the City of the Domes world, and it was just cool. It's not finished yet, is it? Yeah, I, I, I ended up mixing, I think, the last episode or two, if I remember right. Okay, there, okay. There's six, six total. All right. It's been a while since... I, I, I think I heard the first two or three, anyways... Um, Maudelaine. That was written by Alexa Chipman, and 
just <laughs> it takes place in the 30s. It's in Oxford at his college. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of reminded me of Jake Sampson in a way. Yeah, the first Jake up. Sampson. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that. There, there's a well out of out of nowhere, and she she hasn't explained why it happens. But J.R.R. Tolkien is one of those professors, mm-hmm. <laughs> and periodically this group, Worsley and the, the rest of the gang, even a Texan, not me, but um, a fantastic actor, are going to classes when banshees and dragons and everything else come out of nowhere. And it's kind of a farcical look at what would happen with a group of people study, you know, studying in Oxford back in the 30s when a doorway to alternate realms, dimensions, gods, and everything else comes out. I mean, they had Valkyries coming out one episode, and that was just, in my opinion, cool. But I'm a huge fan of the Norse gods as far as Marvel Comics and all the rest. And Dirt Gently. <laughs> of course, of course. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.